This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, it's Friday the 8th of December. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and I've had a good inning, so just let it rip. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we cross the UK's paper's palms with silver to find out our futures. When will that blonde, bumbly stranger stop talking and go away? Can you consult your crystal ball to find out if Villa win the premiership? Does our future hold a long-distance trip to an exciting destination like Rwanda? The Gypsy Rose Papers know all. And Twitter user Fletchek, for one, is enjoying the show. He says that it's simply not possible to listen to paper cuts and not feel at least 73% better, which is admirably precise and definitely accurate. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Party politics. Boris Johnson tells the COVID inquiry number 10 parties were OK because everyone was working hard. Carol Carnage. The Guardian's announced its Christmas Carol top 10 and it's all wrong. And Ferrero Rocher, dear, what are the little things your partner does to show they love you? Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where the government has declared I'm a safe place to fly to. I'm Miranda Sawyer and joining me on the show today is political correspondent of joe.co.uk and vodka wimp, Ava Santin. Good morning. (laughs) I'm fine. Really? Okay. And also with us is host of Finn versus the Internet and Hot Bovril and Sherry Addict, Finn Taylor. Hi, Hi. Finn. Hi. It is good. Trust me. Really? Okay. It it slaps. (laughs) Sounds revolting, but we believe you. Okay. So what have we got on the front pages today? Ava, what do you have? Front page of the Telegraph is going on the Rishi Sunak story. So ousting the Prime Minister would be insanity, says the Tory chairman, apparently. Mm. There's also a picture, a very questionable picture of the king. He's got some sort of hand on his shoulder. It's quite ominous. Um, <laughs> again, the Guardian on Rishi Sunak, is, uh, he's fighting to hold Tories together over his Rwanda plan. Also a picture of Benjamin Zephaniah, who yeah. sadly passed away yesterday. Beautiful picture, though. But beautiful picture, and Incredible man. Very Mm. sad about it. Um, The Times again, the Rwanda plan risks failing. Top lawyers have warned the Prime Minister. And on the eye, can't catch a break this guy this uh, today, can he? (laughs) No. Wounded PM faces a growing rebellion. Oh, tiny violin. Okay, Finn, what do you have? Well, the mail tries to say everything but those headlines. Um, (laughs) So, Minister, quote, immoral to threaten jail over licence fee. Then they've got a photo of Philip Schofield. Get him back in the news. And a kind of head top line um, from the comment section that I can only read in a partridge voice. I bought a skinny jab online and it put me in a coma. Um, <laughs> the Sun, huge picture of Philip Schofield. Uh, this is all about this, this sort of, they're reporting sort of non-story about the um, inquiry into his alleged affair. Uh, and the headline is staff too scared to speak out. The Mirror, Tories are imploding. Um, and then the star airport smuggler is caught with half a zoo down his undies. Um, I think this is a story about a guy who had some otters in his pants. 
And Why the headline, is that a prairie dog and two otters in your pocket or are you just pleased to see me? Very good. We love the star. <laughs> Shall we have a quick look at how the Tory party has completely lost the plot over the last couple of days? Mm. It's all over the papers. All they had to do was kind of shut up while Boris was on, didn't they? But they've instead been tearing themselves apart. I think that we've perhaps given MPs an overinflated sense of self-importance because they just can't stand not to be on the front pages. Mm. You know, if your former prime minister is defecating all over a COVID inquiry, then you would expect that you would just let him have the front pages. But yeah, so this morning we found out that there's been an extra £100 million on top of the already paid £140 million to Rwanda. And there's expected another 50 million will be paid to them. There's this treaty that uh, James Cleverly, the Home Secretary, has ratified apparently in Kigali that MPs will vote on next week, uh, which says that Rwanda is a very safe country, despite the Supreme Court ruling that it is not a safe country to take asylum seekers to. And next week, there'll be a vote in the Commons. And it's expected that there'll be many rebellions. So Rishi Sunak could lose the vote. It's so mad. The Rwanda thing is just so mad. So Was £290 million pounds has been, will be spent before anybody actually flies there. And the best part of this story is that Rwanda don't have to accept whoever the UK wants to send over there. So Rwanda could turn around if this all goes to, to plan and say, well, we don't actually want them. There's no risk. They blocked This bill blocks the risk of Rwanda sending the people to another country. But they could send them back they to us. In that case, are they just flying for ages? They're just, <laughs> just on the plane? Back. Yeah, to and fro. Just taxiing? <laughs> they just yeah. go to and fro. But there's no way those flights would even take off Yeah, because we do still have human rights in this country. But they've cancelled it all. They've cancelled it all. There's no human rights was this whole This whole thing was meant to be like a signal, right? No, it's meant to be real. But no, but they, well, they say that, but it's meant to be like, we'll do this. Yeah. And then they seems to be now just like a hill they're dying on because they're actually having to try to do it. No, you're right. That's, this is what Dominic Cummings has said. He right. was like, this was supposed to be like the big red button that you push when everything has gone to hell in a handcart. And yeah. now it's actual policy. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> They've pressed the button. Now, we've had two days of Boris in the dock. Sorry. Our dear ex-Prime Minister Boris Johnson giving evidence to the COVID inquiry. He's been grilled on everything from Barnard Castle to Partygate and the papers can't quite decide how he's done. So, Ava, over the last two days, there have been various different conclusions about Boris and his appearance. It depends on which paper you read, really. Well, surprisingly, in the eye, there is an an op-ed from uh, Jane Merrick who says that um, he did very well and he looked like he really was earnestly sorry, Hmm. which I I didn't take that away at all. It's so weird, this stuff, because obviously people have watched it. So mm. like, you know, if you've watched Boris giving evidence, you you know how what you thought he, he seemed like. And the papers have got this mass, massive kind of array of different opinions. So they think he's really sorry. Quentin Letts thought he was like amazing, swashbuckling. And other people thought he was absolutely, you know, the Guardian obviously thought he was pathetic. So you get this fast kind of different opinions as to how he did. Yeah, Sarah Vine in the mail has said that um, he, he's uh, he's done spectacularly. Of course. And this is what a statesman <laughs> looks like. I'm still not quite sure what statesman means because we use it a bit loose and fast, I think. You know, we use it for like dictators and we also use it apparently for former PMs who are panicking in an inquiry. Yeah. Um, but we found out yesterday that um, apparently Boris Johnson didn't let it rip despite actually having let it rip. We didn't find out if he ever actually um, said that phrase about the bodies piling high, 
or whether he did suggest he would get injected with the COVID virus <laughs> live on television <laughs> to prove that it was okay. Yeah, it's completely mad. There's a, the party gate kind of statements, of course, a lot of hurt, haven't they? Because obviously he's in a room with people who've been bereaved by COVID and they kept putting to him that, you know, maybe you should have stopped the parties, what was the policy around it? And he kept kind of batting it back, didn't he? Yeah, well, if you go right back to the beginning, you'll remember that Boris Johnson said there were no parties. Mm. He then told the par- uh, told Parliament that there were parties, but he didn't go to them. And he's now told the inquiry that there were parties and he had no power to stop them. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. I mean, he mm. basically said they were just all working very, very hard. That was the justification. Everybody was working very, very hard and kind of these things happen. Yeah, apparently. Mm. There's also reliance on Valance's diaries, which were the ones that were kind of written at the time. So mm. there was lots of notes about that. And Boris and Johnson was getting really frustrated about it because he was a bit like, well, why are we relying on these diaries when actually, why can't we look at what we actually did? Well, because you deleted all the fucking WhatsApps, you <laughs> bellend. That's why. You cleared it all away, corrupt. Anyway. Yeah. Don't exactly. you love how much of a snitch Patrick Valance has been? Yeah. Why was he going home and writing in his diary every night? Like, <laughs> he knew. What, he is knew this, it like Jacqueline coming. Wilson or yeah. something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's some things that I have to say. I mean, you know, I'm not a Boris fan by any means, but there's some bits when I think, oh, God, I could have done this, where um, Valance's diary is shown basically making really glib comments. So there was high COVID levels in Wales. And Johnson said, is it the singing and the obesity? <laughs> And then went, oh, I never said that. And I just thought, God, I could really imagine well, the problem is, making is that a joke like as that. As much as I, you know, despise him, I, I wouldn't want anyone's WhatsApps to be played. In, I mean, it's mm. literally my worst night. I, I mean, like, I cannot have my WhatsApps publicised. <laughs> yeah. And poured over by a team of lawyers. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Be fucked. I mean, terrible. Yeah. And we're all in that boat, right? Yeah. Mine would be like... Okay, so you were in a Cobra meeting on the 10th of September and we were talking about how the virus is in care homes. Why were you sexting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, yes, a nightmare. So there were bits where I did think, okay, I do feel a little bit of sympathy for you. He did get upset at one point, Boris uh, Johnson, when um, it was put to him that he didn't care about people dying and he got upset. But he seemed to bring it all back to himself, didn't he? Yes, he got very emotional about the time that he got COVID and mm. he was uh, rushed into hospital and looked after by two nurses who I think got some sort of award, didn't they, for looking after him? Um, yeah, and he got very upset by that. And that's actually what all of the the praise for him in the newspapers today relies on, is is that tearful... Because um, he was saying memory. it wasn't actually old people, it was the, the, the ward was filled with men like me, i.e. Mm. top shaggers. <laughs> <laughs> who'd, been, who'd been stricken with this horrible in virus prime. in their prime. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible, terrible disease. Um, but he's also not, he said sorry that the virus existed. He's not said sorry, he's not taken accountability for any of his decisions, is he? Well, he, should, he really shouldn't have shagged the bat. That was... I know. <laughs> but statistically, he's going to, you know, he's going to stick his dick in something. Just like a, like a stop clock is, tw- is uh, right twice today. It's always Boris somewhere. is going to fuck a pangolin or whatever. Can we, can we talk about his hat? Can we talk about the Grimsby Town FC? No, because that's hat. what he wants us to do. Okay, but we, I think we should mention this as a, a kind of, you know, uh, the Guardian actually on on page twenty one has got an entire kind of article about hat trickery. Um, but essentially, he's been wearing a grey, what looks like just a normal grey bobble hat, in and out of various uh, places where he's been photographed. But it's got GTFC, which is Grimsby Town FC, and um, so he does. I mean, 
A, I don't believe he likes football, and B, I don't actually believe he's ever been to Grimsby, let alone Grimsby Town FC. But it's game. like, do you know, it's it's just trying to it's just trying to caricature himself. It's, I mean, when Blair was going into the Hutton Inquiry, he wasn't wearing a fucking obey snapback, was he? <laughs> like, no. like it's just, it's just stupid. It's just trying to distract people. Yeah, you think it's like for a search term, so like you, everybody's going to be talking about his funny. It's like when he did hat. the thing about the I build buses. Yeah. Which he doesn't. It's all bollocks. He's a bellend. Move on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Now, shall we talk Christmas carols? In The Guardian, regular music critic Alexis Petridis has come up with a ranked list of the top 10 carols. This is quite Guardian, isn't it, Finn? Yeah, it's infuriating. <laughs> he's, really, he's really fucked it. What's number one? And okay, what number do you one think? is O Come All Ye Faithful, which I think, fine. Mm. Banger. O Come All Ye and then, Faithful. And you got the funny bit. Joyful and try. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's got a desk count at the end, yeah. which no one can sing, but everyone tries because they're pissed. Yeah. That's what a count. So to me, that's what... Desk Cant's when the, la- the last verse, and you go oh, like right. so harmony. That, and That's Heart the Herald you're talking about. No, they've I both think... got it. Oh, have they? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, beware the sherry emboldened amateur vocalist who attempts the elaborate harmonies in the final verse. Okay. Yeah, especially if it's in Bovril. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beefy sherry. Um, in the bleak midwinters at two, no mm. thanks. No. Bleak. Yeah. First Noel. Yeah. No, sleepy. Yeah. Coventry Carol? The fuck is that? I know. So we actually listened to this because we were like, what is the Coventry Carol? What number is that? Four. Four. Above so, Hark the Herald. It's just rubbish. So we listened to it and it's a really kind of complicated, quite moving, uh, you know, piece of music. Like, with lots of people he singing. says it's the killer deep cut of Carol, which so is the Alexis. most Guardian <laughs> sentence. <laughs> It's about. It's not about nativity. It's about the massacre of the innocent, sung from the despairing point of view of a new mother. Christ, <laughs> feeling festive. That's hilarious. That's so guardian. But also, it misses the point because it seems to me that like how he's ranked it is according to him listening to them. Do you know what I mean? So he's like, oh, this is a nice one. I'll listen to it. But of course, carols are about all about Getting being a bit pissed and, chanting. and singing. They're them. football chants, essentially. Exactly. They're, they're like religious football chants. They're religious football chants. Or, yeah. or football chants, Mr. <laughs> um, just to complete the O Come, O Come, Emmanuel's at six. I don't mm. mind it. Seven's Joy to the World. What's that one? Joy I don't even... to the World. Da, da, angels here sing. I didn't da, think that was a Christmas da, da, da. carol. No, it's really basic. Eight is Holly in the Ivy. Fine. Mm. Uh, but then nine's Carol the Bells, ten is Silent Night. Silent now, in Night. In my opinion, Silent Night's the only slow one you should have on the top ten. But they've missed out the the the. We won't stop until we've got so the figgy pudding. We wish you a merry Christmas. That's what, we wish you a merry Christmas. Has got to be top three. That's not a carol, but it is kind of because with, with well, we wish it? you a merry, merry it's an Christmas. instruction. <laughs> <laughs> but it 
it's also like it's the kind of thing that basically if you go to to a school to see a kid's nativity, they always put it in because it's the only one that kids can always sing because they always do a kind of a like, come on, kids, bit on we wish. They go, we wish you like this. And they can always sing that, whereas all the other ones are really complicated. A carol's whatever makes you feel festive, yeah. right? My only issue is that figgy pudding is what I think Boris calls sex. <laughs> Do you know he's of that? Yeah. He's of that echelon. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what else isn't there? Off to Wuhan for some figgy pudding with a couple of bats. <laughs> Can't see how this would go wrong. <laughs> There's no um, God rest you merry gentlemen. Yeah, that another, is not another, there. Another what banger. God rest you merry gentlemen. It's like the Telegraph one. tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Yeah, banger. I don't know that one. Maybe these are all prot anthems. Maybe. Yeah. What are your What are you singing then? I'm not a big carol person. No. No, not really. You're not going to give a rendition. But then I grew up. I grew up in a Catholic household, and so we're very single candle, black veil. Yeah. Yeah. They're also in Latin. But they could. Silent Night is still pretty up there. No. Especially in German. It's all right. Yeah. I like it in German. I actually like in the bleak midwinter. So you'd put that as your number one. Yeah, I like. I think it's got something quite. Romantic. It's about. just <laughs> slow. It's just too. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not getting you jazzed up. Yeah, exactly. Because if you do Heart the Herald and you've got a weird bit at the end where everybody has to go, is that the one where you go Gloria but in the high bit? Oh, I don't know. It is. Go, it's go. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. And then, then yeah, yeah, that was days. It's like prog rock, that bit. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a sequence. Yeah, exactly. It's the, the radio would be all over that, wouldn't it? Yeah, they? yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, it's obviously wrong. Which one would you put in number one? Hark. Hark Heralds. Hark Heralds. I'm going with Bleak Midwinter. Mm. I like that. I can only feel joy if I'm if it, if the subject matter is sad. <laughs> <laughs> you could think, oh, I feel quite good because of that. Yeah. Um, I'm saying Silent Night. They've got it all wrong. So we love you, Alexis, but cheer up. Now it's Friday, Paper Cuts fans, which can mean only one thing. It's time for Fix the Headline, you lucky people. Fix the Headline is our one and only Paper Cuts competition where we find a good story with an iffy headline and we ask you to think up a better one. This week, we've got a story from The Star where a great white shark warning supposed to be for New Zealand residents was set off instead in Scotland, a mere 12,000 miles away. The headline... Fright Shark, which is boring. Just think of a better one and send it to at Papercut Show on X or Threads and you might win a highly coveted Papercuts t-shirt. Woohoo! What about the other papers? Any good ones in there today, Ava? First, I've got the star. So the cost of living crisis has hit the avocado epidemic amongst <laughs> millennials <laughs> and Waitrose are suggesting that you can now have peas on toast. Mm. which is, And the headline is Taking the Peas. Right, so this is a, a man's bulging pants aroused suspicion with airport security because he was smuggling two otters and a prairie dog. What's a prairie dog? Is it is no- that for sheep or something? No, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's something small. It's like an otter, isn't it? It's like a, it looks like an. It's otter. like a honey badger, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> isn't it? Aren't they lethal prairie dogs? Yeah, you wouldn't want them in your pants. They used to maul them. Um, you know, when the, in the old west, when you used to have to walk across. America to get to the gold, but they used to, prairie dogs used to eat babies and stuff, didn't they? Oh my god! Really? Why is the government well, like population pants? control or what? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Obviously, they'd release the U.S. federal government would release <laughs> prairie dogs to more babies. <laughs> Weird, no one talks about that, isn't it? Yeah. 
Right, so the headline for that is, it's utterly ridiculous. Very good. Now I've got the mirror. God, you've really given me some joyful ones, haven't you? <laughs> right, so hospital flu cases <laughs> saw 53% due to partying. <laughs> so everyone's uh, going out for their Christmas dinner um, with their work lot, and they are, they're getting flu. And then apparently going to hospital, and the headline is Christmas Sneeze Up. Wow, that's some kind of flu, isn't it? It's cheerful, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What have you got, Finn? Uh, well, I've got the sun. Um, cocaine users in their 90s are turning up in hospital. In their 90s? Yeah. Uh, wow. And the headline is Fancy a Hokey Cokey, dear. <laughs> um, in their 90s? In their 90s. Whoa. Over 60s hardcore. are dubbed silver snorters. <laughs> no. Right. Wow. To be fair, well, there's always that thing, isn't there, that where you go, I'll, I'll do all the drugs when I, I hit 90, I'll do heroin or something. Yeah, exactly. When you're older, not? nobody cares. Yeah. But that's probably just to stay awake, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then ima sleep. imagine doing a line of coke and then watching Bargain Hunt. It doesn't, it's just not quite, <laughs> like, what are you going to do on the on the gear really if you're 90? Play bowls? Bowl? See, do you know what? Jacked up bowls. <laughs> I'd watch it, actually, to be yeah. fair. Um, and then also in the sun, a lorry trailer containing £50,000 worth of cheese mm. has been stolen from Strensham Services on the M5. <gasps> and um, the headline is Gorgonzola. 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 Um, Strensham, if, you, if you're wondering, southbound, um, they've got 24-hour McDonald's. <laughs> Now, the Telegraph Features team have decided to ignore all the eggnog and tinsel, quite right, and have come up with a different idea for a piece. Does your romantic partner pass the orange peel test? I just have to say, as somebody of a certain age, a woman of a certain age, the orange peel test when I was younger was, have you got cellulite? That's what they used to put in, all women's, in all women's magazines. It was like... Have you got orange peel legs? Okay, I thought you meant like a show of love from your yeah, partner yeah, that's what I was to you have cellulite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, which would be quite sweet. <laughs> but okay. it's not. It was like, you know, women improve yourselves. You've got orange peel legs. So it's quite weird for me to read that. But anyway, does your romantic partner pass the orange peel test? What so is th this? this is a TikTok trend. Mm. Um, so I don't know why they put it in the Telegraph. But um, basically, supposedly, uh, people are doing videos on TikTok um, talking about their uh, partner's little little sort of micro shows of love. Yeah. The sort of main one being um, if you're struggling to peel an orange, your partner will supposedly take the orange from you and, and do it for you, Just... which is probably could be interpreting as man peeling or like <laughs> man speeding. Like, do you know what I mean? I know, and if, could also, be. if you're struggling to peel an orange, what? what well, you maybe you've just had your nails done. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Also, just get a knife, surely. Yeah, just, and just chop them just... into quarters. But anyway, it's got um, several <laughs> examples. But you've got someone, I think this is a bit creepy. This mm. guy, uh, this husband and wife, the husband goes to sleep um, on her side of the bed so that when she gets home, her side of the bed is warm. Ew. I think that's a bit gross, personally. Because he wet the bed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he sits on his side. Right. <laughs> Falls asleep on hers nice. and rolls into his own shit. That's, that's love. <laughs> yeah, that is nice, right? Uh, someone who um, just does ironing, 
That one. Okay, so I read that one. I read it online. So essentially, they snipped out for the the actual paper. They snipped out the the kind of lead, which was basically this woman saying, "I do absolutely everything around the house. I cook. I clean. I look after the kids. But it's all okay <laughs> because my husband does some performative ironing. So he basically sometimes she goes out. Performative ironing. <laughs> like he comes back and he's done the ironing, folds it all up and goes, "Ta-da! Look at this. It's absolutely great." And then she has to put it all away. Mm-hmm. Like I'm. I don't think that's a little mini act of love. I think it's performative ironing. But what are you what are you doing that's For, your little I'm really bad at little acts of love. I've been accused of being incredibly unromantic. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. But just in terms of domestic la- cuz this is basically more about domestic labor than Yeah, domestic labor okay. I think I'm do pretty well, but lo- the kind of grand gestures of ro- romance I'm not really up for cuz I find them but a bit cringy. But this is the whole point of this yeah, is it's Yeah, so I do all the gestures. little bits. Yeah, I do the little bits. But I think the the bits that that are more romantic for me are the bits where you as a when you're out say with your partner and somebody within the the room is someone that you both know without even looking at the other person hate. <laughs> Yeah, and you yeah, just yeah. flick them an eye and they flip one back and you think, yep, yeah. okay, we're on the same side. We have to leave now. Those are the things that I find really romantic, mm. which is a bit odd, I do realise. And also, if you're going out to dinner mm. and someone's having a huge argument next to you. Yeah, you feel great. That pulls you together, doesn't it? Yeah, because you just feel brilliant. We're you not can sit as bad and, as You that. can sit in the silence and just listen to them having a Barney. That exactly. is good. It's a strange one, though, because it doesn't really, you know... I guess part of the point of a romantic gesture is that it sort of um, it sort of uh, reinforces intimacy and then leads to maybe some kind of um, intercourse. But <laughs> but I guess me taking the food bin out so far hasn't led to <laughs> my, my wife's loins being set on fire. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Weird, right? Yeah, yeah. I, like I know we have several plants and I know they're there, but I don't see them as kind of things that need watering. So my wife's always having a go at me, but I just go, listen, I'm never going to. Yeah, I just don't. I see them as inanimate objects, and then they start dying. And she goes, "Why aren't you watering?" I go, "Fucking, I didn't buy these part. You know, yeah. they're annoying." I but understand that. I take I it. That. I take an nappy bin out. Yeah, that's she won't good. go near. But TikTok were called that. They, they would call it weaponized incompetence. Um, oh, from a feminist perspective, is that I'm, yeah. I'm deliberately being a man baby and ignoring the plants. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what they would say. I really think it's quite unhealthy that the Telegraph are now turning to TikTok for love and relationship advice. Like, I don't know how much time you spend on there, but. It, <laughs> It's mad. Some of the things that these, there'll be young girls on there that say things like, I lost 10 pounds because my boyfriend asked me to. And that was my little act of love tonight. And it's like, what the? Oh my God, that's dreadful. (laughs) This is so bad. Yeah, this is really not a good place to be. Yeah, okay. Looking for this sort of advice. Don't do it again. I think they're just trying to feel copy because the Telegraph readers are all on fucking marching powder by the sounds of it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Ava. Thank you. And thanks to Finn. Thank you. And there's just time to mention our fabulous supporters club. Yes, friends, if you can't get enough of the joy of Paper Cuts, then why not chuck us a few quid every month and you can not only enjoy ad-free episodes, but also a special secret extra bit at the end of each show. Plus, you get to walk around feeling smug because you're supporting independent podcastery rather than shows made by the man. Just follow the links in the show notes to find out more. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day where the star has revealed the boffin's new plan to tackle climate change, turning down the sun. (laughs) We're clearly really running out of ideas, so maybe we should just try turning it off and on again. See you on Monday. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Finn Taylor and Ava Santina. 
It was produced by Podmasters Group Editor Andrew Harrison, with assistance from Adam Wright. Audio producer is me, Robin Lieber. Music is by Simon Williams. Socials by Jess Harpin. Designed by Jim Parrott. And original art by Modern Toss. Managing editor is Jacob Jarvis. Executive producer, Martin Boytosh. And Papercuts is a Podmasters production.